Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Oh, man. I can see a lot of you took advantage of the opportunity to wear a ridiculously bright green with me this morning. That's good. Looking good. Really? That's it? That's all, that's all we got? There we go. All right. So I want to take you back to what you just heard, verse 1, okay? Verse 1, and it says, therefore, we've been building for four chapters, all right? Four chapters through Romans. We begin chapter 5 this morning. If you have your Bible, you want to go to chapter 5, you'll be able to follow along. But therefore, after the bad news in chapter 1 through 3, really, the bad news that we are deeply broken in sin. That we are storing up wrath and fury for ourselves. That we are guilty and without excuse. Incapable of keeping the law, incapable of saving ourselves Paul proclaims good news, good news, therefore, since we have been justified by faith. That's been our big truth really the last couple of weeks and that will be our big truth this morning that we have been justified by faith and Paul will make one point very clear in these 11 verses, that is reason to rejoice. He'll say it three times in these 11 verses that this is reason to rejoice. This is good news. After all, Paul is articulating the gospel to the Romans. Gospel, good news. This is the good news and there are implications to this good news. Here at Tri-Cities we call those implications big ideas. If something is a truth that is so big, that is so powerful, it has implications that changes our lives. Applications, things we pursue, it changes our worldview, it changes what we do. And these implications, these big ideas call us to rejoice. Again, three times, verse 2, verse 3, and verse 11 in this section, Paul will specifically say rejoice. And so here's the thing. As one of the teaching pastors, I can come up here and I could just teach, and we do that, and we should, and that's a biblical charge and command, and we can deepen our understanding of this section and our call to rejoice, where this morning as a church, we can just gather and rejoice, and hopefully learn as we practice what we are called to do. And so that's the heart this morning that through song and through prayer and through the um, holding up of God's word, you would be filled with joy. That the songs that we'll sing, that they won't just be routines to you. They're familiar songs by choice and by design, but as you sing through them, that the words of those songs would saturate into your heart and they would be our prayer this morning. They would be us praising and proclaiming the glory of God. They would be us rejoicing. 
And so that's the heart, but there are a few things that I want to guide us through. And the first one is that you would have a good understanding of what it means to rejoice, at least as much as Paul is articulating it here. And perhaps the best way to kind of just get at this real quick is how many of you guys ever got a present, like a Christmas present or something you were so excited about, your mom taught you when you were a kid, don't brag, but you couldn't help it. You had to like immediately call a friend, you know, you're wearing that cool new bright green sweater and you're like, hey, oh wait, it's not new, but still, you get the point, right? And you just, you just had to share it with other people. You were overjoyed by what you had received. This is the idea that Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 5. The, the, the actual term, it really means to boast. To boast. The, the same word is used by Paul in chapter 2 verse 23 when he says, You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law here's what he's saying you find joy in the law you hold it up you're proud of it see a modern understanding of this might be to delight in delight in to be overjoyed by the end of December uh, a lot of you guys know I tore my calf muscle I mean, I, I, I thought it was like completely torn off. It wasn't that. But it took me about six weeks just to kind of walk normal again. And uh, what most of you don't know is how I tore my calf muscle because I, I, I really didn't need to share that with everybody. Uh, but I feel like it's time, so I'll let you know. So I happen to be a pretty big football fan, probably more than I should be. And I, I, I love is probably not an overstatement. I love the Ravens. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. And lately the Ravens have been down and they're playing in the final game of the season and if they win, they win their division. They are champions of the AFC North. And it's coming down to the final drive. The other team has the ball and they're driving. And if they score, they're going to win. The Ravens will not win the division. They'll miss out on the playoffs again and my heart will be broken. And for the past three seasons, They've missed the playoffs on the final game of the year, like last play kind of stuff. Just heartbreaking stuff. And so my family, we're all gathered around the TV and we're watching the end of the game. And as the team drives in the final seconds of the game, the Ravens intercept the pass. And all of a sudden, my family, we begin to jump and run around the house like crazy people. And my daughter comes over, she grabs my hand and we start jumping. And I jump once. And something popped. <laughs> and that was it. The jumping was over. I laid on the ground. I might have cried. Um, that was it. We lost our minds. We were overjoyed. This is the idea. And how much more worthy is our God to be worshipped, to be celebrated to delight in his saving work in our lives. And there are three specific ways, uh, really four, that we're going to look at that, uh, look through this morning, these implications. Since we have been justified by faith, first, we have peace. We have peace. See, and not some peace that's just some kind of, you know, mystical inner, like, uh, tranquility. 
No, a peace that is a position, a peace that is positive and proactive, a peace that is a well-being. You stand in salvation, an absolute standing, an absolute position that you are in right relationship. See, Paul's going to begin this argument in the very next section of Romans in which he's going to introduce Adam. And he's going to remind us that we were born into the family of Adam. And he's going to take the next three chapters and he's going to explain how we have been adopted out of the family of Adam into the family of God. Our position has changed. And now we are at peace with God. And as the team prepares to lead us in another song, a song to rejoice, here is what I want to take your mind back to. Romans chapter 1 and 2, remember the false gospel of acceptance? The illusion that God will accept us in our sin? See, God does not accept us as we are. He redeems us, and there is only one source of peace, and that is Jesus And so church, pause and contemplate just for a moment what it means to be at peace with an almighty God. Who before Jesus, you were standing in his wrath and his fury. But now you are standing, joint heirs with his son Jesus, redeemed, at peace with him. See, we had wrath and fury. Church, now we have peace. And not some fleeting feeling, but an absolute reality. Church, we were condemned, but now we are redeemed. We were lawbreakers, worthless and hopeless. Now, God's grace has came upon us. Grace and peace. What an amazing mystery we have in the gospel. Church, would you rise and rejoice? We are at peace with God. Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Thank you, be seated. So, church, watch this progression because this is pretty special. Since we have been justified by faith, we now have the promise of glory. The promise of glory. Rejoice, we have hope. See, listen, through Jesus, we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We stand reconciled. Again, we have been made right, and in right standing, we have peace with God. We have the righteousness of God gifted to us. Something we could never get on our own has been given to us. And so we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Here's what we're saying. Paul's saying rejoice, your standing, your position has changed. And as a result, as an implication, 
our next big idea, we now have hope. See, our future has then changed. Our tomorrow has then changed. If our standing has changed, our future has changed. The lifeless have been given life. The hopeless have been given hope. And no ordinary hope, but the hope of the glory of God. And sometimes that gets lost in just church speak. And what we mean by the glory of God is God-likeness, Christ-likeness, glorification. And Paul will continue to talk about this through Romans, but here's what this means. The work that God has started in you in the declaration that you are now his, that you are no longer in the family of Adam, but you've been adopted into the family of God, that you no longer are lost and separated in your sin, but you are redeemed and made new in Christ. That work that has been declared on you, the righteousness that has been declared on you, God will complete the work to make you into what he has declared you to be. God will complete the work. What has been started in you will be completed. There is a hope, a hope of standing before God, righteous, in line with his purpose. An image bearer, full in glory giving peace before God. Again, we're going to sing. But I want to take you back to Romans chapter 3. And as the team gets ready to lead us in our next song, I just want you to be thoughtful of where we were. We were dead in our sin. We were separated from God and His glory and His purpose. We fell short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 3, we fell short of his presence, of his purpose. And yet, through faith in the gift of his son Jesus, we now have access to what was once impossible. The door that was once closed has been opened. You have been brought in. You have been redeemed. No longer separated. We have access to the glory of God. And this is no small thing. If there is anything this morning that should make you rise to your feet, put your hands in the air and cry out, God, you are good. To you be the praise. To you be the glory. I was once separated, but I now have access to you. My heart rejoices. 
I can't sit on that. I have a changed future. My tomorrow is different. I no longer face my wrath. I no longer face the fury of God. I face an eternity as a joint heir with Jesus, as a son and daughter in the family of God. See, church, we were once prisoners, chained by death and shame. Now, we are free. Now, we have a future. We have a life. Church, would you rise and rejoice? We have hope. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and now we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Not only that, not only that, this is important. See, the first two things that we're led to rejoice in here in Romans chapter 5 is our standing has changed. Our position has changed. And that changes our future. And so there's a hope. A hope in the completed work of our sanctification. Again, Paul's going to call that glorification. It just means that we are indeed made to be like Christ and his righteousness is given to us, we are no longer in sin. But that's tomorrow. And the truth is, for many of us, today is hard. You feel the burden of today. Yes, you rejoice in your standing, your peace. Yes, you rejoice in your tomorrow your hope. But today, you suffer the consequences of sin. Today is hard. Like Paul, you find yourself doing oftentimes the things you do not want to do. You find yourself the victim You find yourself facing some of the worst consequences of sin. In seasons of loss, in seasons of suffering. And yet, Paul says, today, even in this environment, even in our current circumstances, rejoice. Rejoice. Why would he say such a thing today? And he goes on and he says, because our suffering produces endurance. Our suffering, our hardship produces endurance. Here's what this endurance is. It is a spiritual grit. It is a stick to it. It is a... 
resolve. See, in our suffering, we see that the faith, the work of God in us, is not a fickle thing. Not limited to when, you know, to prosperity, when things in our life just go well, it produces in us an endurance, a resolve. Again, by the way, catch this church, this is a gift from God. This isn't something you're earning, you're doing, it is his work in you. And your suffering is bringing about this resolve, this endurance. And this endurance brings about character. Character. Proof. Proof experience perhaps the best word evidence your suffering leads to endurance which leads to evidence of God's work in your life and that character that evidence then does its work in us leading us to hope to hope a joyful expectation, a longing for what is to come. And let's just be real honest for a moment how important that is. Because in our sin, here's the truth. If I didn't suffer in my sin, I probably would not much long for his kingdom. If I didn't suffer in the pursuit of my will, I would not long for his will. See, just as pain tells our body when something's not right, so too our suffering tells us this isn't right. When I tore my calf muscle, I immediately stopped, laid on the floor, and cried. I knew something was wrong. I didn't just keep jumping. The pain told me this isn't right. See, here's what your suffering is telling you, church. Listen, this isn't your home. This isn't our kingdom. See, suffering tells our spirit this is not our home. Listen, this is not our family. This is not our complete purpose. See, our suffering today gives way to endurance and our endurance to character and our character to a longing, a hope, an expectation of what is to come. Church, listen. You have been justified by faith. And as a result, you rejoice because you have his love. We have love. We are not left in our suffering alone. Our suffering has purpose. Our suffering is being worked together for good. Our suffering is pointing us forward to the completed work of the Lord in our life. Our suffering has meaning. And so we can rejoice even in today because we can trust that God in his love has us. He's got us. And so no matter how sad, no matter how broken, no matter how steep 
the consequences of sin in our life are, church, we can still rejoice because God loves us. As we prepare to sing our next song, I want you again to remember back into Romans chapter 3. Paul says we were worthless. We had no value apart from God. We were spiritually bankrupt. There is no independent purpose or value apart from the Creator. And we were broken. And yet now, did you hear what Paul said? God's love has been poured into our hearts. We had nothing. And now we have it all. We had sin's shame. We had guilt. Now, today, church, we have God's love. And regardless whatever you're going through today, God's love is worthy to rejoice. Even if everything else is a mess, it seems, we can trust in the love of God. We had sin's shame. Now we have God's love. Church, would you rise and would you rejoice again in song? God's love has rescued us. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love to us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Thank you. Be seated. So we've rejoiced in the reality that because of our justification through faith, our position has changed. Our tomorrow, our future has changed. The realities of our today have changed. But more than this, we rejoice because we have Jesus. And it's him and him alone who has made all this possible. Since we have been justified by faith, we can rejoice in Jesus. Remember back in Romans chapter 1, we talked about this a few times. God turned us over to ourselves. Three times we read that. God turned them over to themselves. We were without excuse, incapable of redeeming ourselves. And yet, while we were enemies, verse 10, 
God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, while we were in our sin, Christ, Jesus, died for us. We offered him nothing, and he gave us everything. The gospel is good news. Without the gospel, we are left to ourselves. And left to ourselves, we have nothing. Broken and guilty before God. Yet, God in His grace, for His glory, poured out the wrath that was set apart for you and I on His Son, Jesus. That through faith, that through faith in Him, and faith alone, because we could not do anything else, but respond to the revelation of who God is in faith as the Spirit overpowers us. Because there is no work left to ourselves that we could bring to the table. That through faith in Him, He would pour His love into our hearts. That He will fix what is broken in us. That He will give us peace and hope and love. All because of Jesus. All through Jesus. Church, we rejoice because God has given us his only begotten son. God has given us a savior. And his name is Jesus. We are redeemed because of him our position has changed because of him our tomorrow has changed because of him our today has changed because of him and as we prepare to sing this last song I want you to know whatever you're coming into this room whatever idol is still in your worship whatever thing is holding you back from saving faith and repentance what I want you to know is Jesus is better because whatever you think you're holding on to, it is an illusion. It is meaningless. It is valueless, if not through Jesus. He and He alone will save us. Remember, we had ourselves. Now we have Jesus. See, before church, we had our righteousness. Now we have Jesus's righteousness see church before we had our wrath now we are joint heirs with Jesus for eternity see before we had our shame and now we have the father's love church before we just had ourselves now we have Jesus and it changes everything. We have Jesus by grace through faith.
And so church, one more time, would you rise and would you rejoice? We have Jesus and Jesus is better.